so there's a very counterintuitive way of accessing spirituality according to the Jewish path because normally the way I would anticipate spirituality would be reached is through a process of meditation or an overt involvement in divinity, godliness, higher power. It would be very unlikely for me to think that the way forward in my capacity to enrich my spiritual coherence, intuition, way of being would be engaging my brain to the fullest degree in the subtle arguments of strange legal dilemmas and situations. Just, just intuitively it would make sense that my spiritual connection would somehow come about as a result of exploring a, a legal quandary. For example, two people run into a court of law, both grasping onto a garment, each claiming it belongs fully to him and trying to figure out what kind of compromise or how you should resolve their dispute since you have no evidence to support either side. Should you split it? Should you freeze it? What should you do? Intuitively, I would not think that that kind of experience of intellectual stimulation would herald some kind of spiritual awakening. I just wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so because the content of the study has no explicit connection to divinity or to spirituality. It seems very mundane, located in the world of people fighting over property. And despite that, there's this the, the, one of the major resources of spiritual development over the years within the Jewish people, almost uninterruptedly, since really the beginning of Judaism, has been the seemingly out-of-proportion emphasis on study and knowledge and understanding. Now, if you want to qualify as a judge, understand why it's crucial to know these laws. But if you want to be a normal person who's just a functioning Jew, why would it be so crucial that you invest time getting to the bottom of these subtle legal... I mean, imagine if you're not a lawyer. You're studying social work. And you have this course devoted to some dispute in a um, an unowned factory that there's two, two people both claim ownership and both have various degrees of circumstantial evidence and then part of your course is well, you'll study, study how you say, well, it's, not, it's not relevant it's not relevant imagine if you go to the forest and you try yourself in an ashram and you're there and the gong goes gong and then everyone sits down and you say, okay, well, you know, you're getting to like your lotus position. And then they start giving out sheets. And you think, oh, that's a bit strange. Like, why are they giving out sheets? And you look at the sheet and the sheet says, okay, 
I mean, you're going to read it. The sheet doesn't say this. Okay. Mm. One guy deposits 200 by a third party. The other guy, 100 by the third party. They both come back and both claim he was the one that deposited 200. What do you do? It's like you're thinking, the gong just went, I'm sitting here, and like, what's this, why is this relevant? Why is this going to bring me closer to my spiritual state of enlightenment? Like, wh- why is this the way to go? But if you go around and you examine and you historically study the reservoirs of Jewish spirituality, that's what they spend their time doing. And there's no gong. There's like someone saying, Shakri, Shakri, so, no, Rabbi Zai! But there's no one, there's, there's no one, there's no one, there's no, there's not, but that's what you spend your time doing. And you spend your time studying stuff that very often is utterly irrelevant to your spiritual well-being on an obvious level, on an overt level. So why would, why would you do that? And then I think, you know, that's something which is, that's what you do. It's what you do. It's like it's looked upon as the spiritual path. So it's strange. Why would that be? So I, I want you to build up a little bit of a um, a paradigm. And let's start off with the basic premise. What is the function of the spiritual world? And what is the spiritual world? See, you've got this dichotomy. In the world of a knowledge or an understanding of an infinite creator. It's, um, I subscribe to that opinion. I'm in that. I'm in that world. So there's an infinite creator beyond, beyond any kind of boundary. The problem that is caused by the notion of an infinite creator who has no beginning and no end and no boundary and no, and no way of being expressed in the constructs of the material or even the conceptual. So here we go. We've got a mortal and we've got an immortal. And never the twain shall meet. They just don't, you, you, there's no, how can you connect? How can you connect? So step number one, there needs to be an interface between the immortal and the mortal. The interface between the immortal and the mortal is known as the spiritual world. The spiritual world creates a mechanism of attaching myself to something that's almost like a series of links in a chain. Links in a chain that if I can attach myself to the bottom link and that is in turn attached to, to a higher link and another one, another one, another one, another one and then this linkage system goes up all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way to a much higher realm. So by attaching myself to the lowest component because there's an interconnection, interconnection between all of them, I'm essentially connecting myself to the highest component. So I'm looking for a point of connection. Because I can't connect directly. Direct connection isn't facilitated by my state of being. My state of being precludes, doesn't allow for the ultimate spiritual experience. Because the spiritual experience doesn't fit with the, with the material body and with the construct of a thought, it's way, way beyond everything. So I need, I need, I need a ladder that I can climb to get to that point. I need a handle. Without that handle, I remain bereft of any capacity to connect. So that's kind of the problem. A place, that's a dilemma. 
Spirituality is the interface between infinite and finite, between immortal and mortal. Spirituality, the spiritual world, creates somehow a mechanism of a ability to connect. So how does, how does it work? Let's, let's flesh it out. Let's flesh it out. And then it becomes, this idea of Torah becomes crucial. The Torah is not a body of laws. Rather, it's the medium that the highest level of influence can be contained that when I access the packaging, I get a way in to the content. I said that not so well. Let me try again. Try again. What is Torah? So Torah is a the way it's the way it's expressed to us. It's a body of information. It's a body. It's a body of ideas, concepts, and laws. What is the greatness of Torah? Is it the actual the content of the law? No. No. It's not the content of the law. In fact, the Torah is more like the packaging. Because the Torah itself is a great, perhaps, manual for life. A wise way of resolving disputes. But if its purpose is to connect me to high spiritual realm, well, how is it going to do that? So I'd like to suggest a different kind of perspective of what Torah is. And this is how it works. Infinite creator, finite creation. Infinite creator creates that finite creation with one agenda. The infinite creator wants the creation to connect to him. How do you facilitate that connection? Directly, it's too far. It just doesn't work. It's too much. The, 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 the finite creation will overload with the, with, with a suffusion of light that will explode him. So there needs to be a valve that reduces the energetic power of that light so it can be absorbed in the system of a, um, much smaller container. So how does it work? This is how it works. There's this, energy, which is called the energy of the infinite. It's beyond belief, beyond comprehension, and beyond the capacity of a mortal to, co- to, to, to fully engage in. What Hashem does is He takes that energy and He injects it into a container that becomes the carrier for the energy. Very much like any kind of package. The purpose of the package is to contain the item inside. The purpose of the package isn't for its own self. It's a container. You open it up and then you get what you want. So when you give a person a present, the present, you get, you get, you get this wrapping and then you unwrap and there's the present. So the goal of the box or the, or the package or the present is simply to allow the... Um, allow the, the transferal of the content to be facilitated by some kind of um, vehicle. So here it goes. Hashem says, I want to give people a connection to me. Connection to me is just way above their bandwidth. It's not going to help. So I'm going to reduce it. But not reduce the quality, but 
allow it to be accessed through a different medium. If it's accessed directly, it will um, short-circuit the human brain, the human being. It just will, just will, just it will explode it. So it needs to be, it needs to be contained. So how do you contain? So you take this powerful connective energy, and he injects it into a medium. That medium is called the Torah. And the Torah appears to us in the form of knowledge and legislation. But that's really just its appearance. In the, underneath that, underneath it, there's the energetic, it's almost, it's almost like this. When we see each other as people, we're animated by a life force. But imagine as if the life force, the force of life, is something that our bodies carry. Our bodies contain the life force, but they are not the life force. The life force, my intelligence, my awareness, my capacity, that's all underneath the surface. It's contained and it's expressed through my mouth and through my eyes and through my ears. My body is a container. The toe is a container. It's not the thing. It's a container. In other words, just like we have a body and a soul, the Torah has a body and a soul. The body of the Torah is the informational, the content. The soul is the light that animates it inside. So actually the Torah is not information. It's a living, breathing, pulsating being that I can communicate. And the way that communication works is by me learning, understanding, integrating, fathoming the depth of the understanding. I take off the wrapper and I imbibe the energy. And the energy then impacts my experience of life. It's almost as if the the design of the Torah is in order for me to to access spirituality. I can't do it directly. I need to have some level of medium. The medium that was created to facilitate spiritual connection is called the Torah. And the way the Torah works is body and soul. The soul is the energy inside and the body is the external casing, encasement of it. The externality of the Torah is the actual the rules and regulations, the ideas and the stories. Those contain it. That's the body. The soul is an ineffable, unspeakable energy that inhabits those words and ideas. And the process of learning goes as follows. When I internalize the idea, so inevitably I'm internalizing not only the package, but whatever the package contains. For example, if someone gives me a package which has inside of it a diamond, and all I have is the box of the diamond, if I hold the box, I'm also holding the diamond. My experience is one of holding the box. The reality is I'm holding the diamond. When I learn and study the Torah, it's, I contain, it's like the analogy given by the Baratanya is, when you, when you hug the king, if you hug a person, whether you're hugging the king or anyone else, and the person is clothed, you're still hugging the whole person. Ah, they're wearing clothes and you're already only touching the outer garments. Makes a difference. You're still hugging all of them. So when I, the way I hug the Torah, the way I in, 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 in integrate the Torah is by utilizing my 
cognitive capacity to fathom the depth of the idea, and that's analogous to the containing, to the to the receiving of the idea. And in that idea, there's energy. And when I contain the idea, the energy comes along with it. And that energy becomes transformative in my spiritual awakening. And it's regardless of what the particular subject matter is, meaning I can be, discu- I can be studying the devious designs of a deceitful person that wants to steal from another, that can be the topic of discussion. Within that discussion is also contained the light. I can be discussing the notion of saying some meditative prayer. I can be discussing the notion of some legalistic issue of a prenuptial agreement. It doesn't really make a difference. The nature is that this is just an envelope which contains the letter inside. So now that's a radical departure from the superficial perspective of the study of Torah is. Superficial, superficial perspective of what Torah is, it's studying a body of law. And then, of course, all the questions arise. Well, why am I studying this when I'm not going to practice it? And why am I studying this particular subject matter not another? And why am I spending so much time studying it? it nothing makes sense. But when you shift your paradigm and you recognize, no, whoa, 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 what are we trying to do? We're trying to connect. How do we need to connect? Well, we need to be able to somehow access the highest spiritual power. Well, how do I do it? I can't do it just by myself because I'll blow out when I do it. I need a medium. So what's a medium? The medium is a body of knowledge that when I understand the knowledge, the energy becomes transmuted into myself. And the purpose of the study of Torah is exactly that. And then it makes perfect sense why it's given such preeminence as the focal point and foundation of our national spiritual agenda. It makes perfect sense. Because this is essentially, this is essentially the thing that keeps us connected. And when we let go of it, so then the spiritual connection becomes totally dissipated and we become astray from that powerful spiritual awakening. And that's why the verse says, you have to, you have to study it night and day, non-stop. And that's why if you have a toss-up between all the mitzvahs and the study of Torah, it, it's, it's, it's equivalent to all of them. And it goes on and on over-emphasizing the preeminence of the state of Torah because it's not about a study. It's not about learning. It's not about information. It's about connection. The information is just a pathway to that connection. And therefore, when I sit and absorb myself in the nitty-gritty details of when we divide this object and we decide he deserves half and he deserves hers, but it's only under these circumstances, and I try to fathom it, and I'm engaging my mind, my entire mind becomes filled with that idea, and two things happened. The idea, in a sense, surrounds me, because it's outside of me before I understand it. When I understand it, I surround it, and then I'm surrounded from on top and within with this light, which then transports me to a very different universe. Whoa! Whoa! New perspective. So that's just something to, to, to start to think about.
in the study of Torah.